to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am so happy that you are here with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. I am an author, a coach, and a speaker. I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people deeply partner their life with God. I help them tap into a place where they are really able to use the Trinity, where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. So they can reach their goals higher than they ever dreamed possible. With man, all things are possible, but with God or with with man, this is not possible. With God, all things are possible. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. That's from Matthew 19, 26. All right, the show is always broken into three parts. So new people who are listening, I want you to be prepared and ready for this. So we're going to first look at everything from the book and this section that really helps us get into life purpose and living out this legacy. We're in this section of a living legacy. And then after that, we're going to bring in Rick Copeland, who's a friend of mine and awesome, awesome thought leader. And he helps people really, CEOs, um, businesses of all different sizes, really get clarity on what their focus is, kind of tune out other things. I'm going to let him share more about this in the middle section. So after our first break, come back. And then the third section is going to be where we really help you guys. People can call in. The numbers will be listed next to this. But if you're on Facebook and live streaming, you might not see those. So the number is 1-800-888-346-9141, I've got someone who's going to post that in the comments. And make sure you guys take a second and say where you're from. If you're watching live streaming, just type in the comments where you're from. All right. And then when we come back on the last half, if we don't get any call-ins and you're shy, don't worry, email because I love to take email questions. We've got about 100 and I picked out two that are perfect for Rick. So I know it's going to be good. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. As I said, we're just wrapping up the book and this show really was founded off Awaking the Living Legacy is the name of my book. You can see it right here for people who are watching live streaming. You can head to my Facebook page, Nikki Klegel, Fulfill Your Legacy or Rick Copeland's page, which is also under his name. And so, yeah, this now we're almost done with it. But stay tuned because after one more week, then we're going to be moving into the same sort of topics and my second book, which is about embracing the loving legacy. So let's go ahead and finish this up. This is kind of the golden part of this book. So for new people coming in, uh, I want you to understand the process of the book so that this all makes sense. The first section that we really looked over the first four weeks of this show and the first four chapters of this book are all based upon your purpose, finding your God-given life purpose, getting clarity on that. So we're not distracted by the world and all these other things that are telling us what's important. It's called, I am his and he is mine. The next part of this book then leads us into this place where it's called Perfectly Imperfect. So four weeks we looked at that and the four chapters of the book um, really helped us understand, you know, um, what our gifts and talents are. 
you know, who we're designed to be, how we're best going to work, and why we shouldn't try to be other people or listen to what other people have been telling us because we've been handcrafted and predestined for work. And when we figure out what that is, oh my, we can get to some good places. All right, so then the third section of the book, which is Wise Choices Work. And we did that for four weeks. We really looked closely at now we can goal set, now we can make some plans, but Oh, life coaches that just jump into goal setting right off the bat when they don't know you. And when you don't know you, we're going to have troubles. I mean, so, so that was, that's really fun part, really God partnered goal setting. I call them God goals, right? Okay. So then after that, we went to the fourth section of the book. I love this section of the book. It's called Mistakes Matter. You guys can go back. People listening now, you can go back and listen to all these. But Mistakes Matter, hey, you can either be in this place where our places we fall down, our mishaps, our sins, our screw-ups, our, hey, we've let businesses fail. We've had divorces, things, all sorts of things. They do not have to bring us down and keep us there. They do not need to be our footholds. We can use God and we can actually put them in a place where they elevate us, where we learn and grow. Even little things. You might not think, I would way rather have you work on little things before they become big problems, right? But let's know how to make them into our blessings and our stepping stones for excellence. Okay, so then we went into this fifth part. Okay, that was forgiveness fulfills. And a lot of people are like, well, why is that up? Why is that way at the tail end? It doesn't even make sense. But the truth is, I've worked with too many people. Even in my 20 years of healthcare leadership, I worked with too many people that were in a good place. And I see my people who are God partnered, know their purpose and direction. They're, they know how to set good goals. They, they don't get hung up on the past so much, but there's something still holding them back. And it has to do with other people. We can get ourselves really in this great place, but sometimes the things that other people do, we have no control over. We have control over how we respond, how we go about things. We have free will, but we don't have control over other people. And sometimes we're held back by simply nothing other than the way other people treat us. And so forgiveness fulfills is huge. And it really is the difference between having footholds get a hold of you and not letting you progress. All right. So then you're ready for this part now. And that's a legacy designed for you. So let's go ahead and get started. We spent the last two weeks looking at the, the system that we always look at where first we consider what the problem is related to the topic at hand. What is the problem with our legacy? Well, Jesus left us a legacy. Where's the problem in that? Sounds great, right? But we really kind of looked at us not understanding what that legacy is and the foundation of it. Then we looked at what the word says. And last week, that's what we did. We looked at really what the Bible says about us progressing forward as Jesus called us to. He came here and he left us a legacy. And a lot of it is the Holy Spirit. And what? And are we using it? And he left us with a mission. And that was his legacy. And are we using it? All right. And so now we have to consider what the gift is by this. So we always have a problem. Then we look at what the word tells us, what we did last week. Now we're looking at the gift if we follow what the word is. And tomorrow or next week, our very last section session is going to be on, okay, it's free will. What's your choice? Are you going to step into it or not? So let's go ahead. We're looking at what the gift is. So there's two things that we're going to focus on in this chapter really focuses on. 
The first thing is driving force of your purpose. So this God partnered living, your driving force. The second thing is the life purpose itself. Let's get some clarity on that. It's a gift to have life purpose. Do you know, oh, I'm jumping ahead. Let's go back. Focus, focus, focus. So we really need to remember that in this chapter, I'm, 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 I'm just break, wrapping everything up, the whole book up, helping us know that our focus has to be on the purpose and the direction that God has for us. So if our focus is on God, this one thing, this purpose, this call, then we're not distracted by the world. I'm going to read something here. So this process we've been given through um, the last 24 chapters and these goals that we've made and achieving things, they all work together for the good of each other. They're done by relationships. If you look at the way Jesus worked, it's the same way. He always had a mission for his disciples. They talked about it together. And he didn't just pull the top level people and just like, here, give you a mission. He had power. People knew it. He was doing miracles. Anyone would have hopped in line. No, many would hop in line to work with him. But he had his chosen people for a reason, based off their past mistakes, as well as their gifts. And then he built relationships with them. He didn't just assign because he had power things to do. He knew them. He built relationships with them. So that's, you know, a good indication of what we do. So it's about serving this whole mission. And what Jesus did was about loving and serving. So whatever work we're doing today, doesn't matter if you're in another country um, spreading God's word, if you're in your own land helping to feed and serve, if you're in punching in and punching out, doing a task for your neighbors, it doesn't matter. If you're raising your family, it doesn't matter. Are you loving and serving? Are you making a difference in the way that God and Jesus calls us to? Okay, so now listen. When our driving force is with the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, so the all-knowing, all-powerful, one who's always around, seeing and watching everything. We find ourselves in a place where we're able to make a huge impact on the world, and things truly begin to happen. If we can get God-partnered, faith-infused, keep our focus on the direction that we're being called, keep our focus on God, that's going to change things. That's what this whole book has been about. Okay. Now, the second thing that I want to make sure I get to is life purpose. So let's get into this a little bit more. And this call that we've been on, no matter where you're at, like I said, if you're going to be one of Rick's um, companies that he's working for, you know, not everyone speaks, I don't know, Godism, God talk. Not everyone does this. You know, some people are living in the world and they're sort of just really trying to do good work. It doesn't matter to me. I want you to really, I, I want you to really um, put your focus on serving and loving and, and let the rest come. Now, most everyone here listening, uh, you wouldn't be here if you weren't truly um, God focused. And so I'm going to go with that. But I do want to know, I, I get stragglers. I want you to know I get stragglers every now and then that hop on and they're sort of like, who is this lady? And the truth is, you just bear with me if you can handle it. Um, otherwise, change everything. So when I say do unto others as you would have them do unto you, um, you know, you say golden rule. 
And when I say, you know, when I say love and serve, you just work your mission out and you use your words. But we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Okay, so now let's look at this life purpose a little more. And this is, again, something I'm going to read right out of my book. So the living legacy has been left behind for all of us. It is a life of love, hope, power, guidance, peace, and provision. A legacy of unconditional love. Don't we all want that? Hope for an eternal life for all. Power that can take us to places far beyond our own strength. Guidance that lives and breathes in us. A map that shows us the way. That's the word. Peace that surpasses all understanding. And lastly, fulfillment, which includes many blessings of the Spirit. All of this is received with a heart that accepts it and desires for God to be glorified because of it. So Fulfill Your Legacies philosophy is based on this foundation of four different legacies. So you might not know this. I mentioned it early in the show, but right now we're working through Awaking the Living Legacy. Soon, we'll be getting into embracing the loving legacy, how you bring that, that um, legacy of love that we've been given into your families, into your finances, into your work, yeah, how you take that love and you bring it everywhere with you. Then we're going to be getting into the learning legacy, really taking a deep look at how our brains work, heart, mind, soul. God didn't leave out the mind, heart, mind, and soul. And, you know, I always think of my Catholic years where I practice that faith with my husband. And, you know, you take the cross and you make a, a sign over your brain and then your heart and then your soul. And I think, you know, it's, it's on purpose that it's written, heart, mind, and soul. So we really look at um, the learning legacy. And then last, it's the leading legacy. And we make a call for all of us to lead in a way like Jesus led. All right. So let's go ahead and look at this a bit more. So. We need to know that the living legacy is first because it's a legacy of Jesus and it's the cornerstone. If we can get that in line, everything else slowly comes in, in alignment. I have included into Fulfill Your Legacies book many tools. I want you to go back and remember some of these tools, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to highlight some of the tools that we looked at through this whole book. They're, God, um, they're tools that help you do God-assisted goals and help you really align your life, your purpose, your direction again with God, all these things. Specifically, I want to help you on this journey. And there's seven ways that we've really can, if we sum up these seven ways, then you'll know that you really kind of got the, the summary of the book and there'll be good references for us. So let's look at the first one. The first one is tackling specific areas of weakness. And this is where we looked at that priority. Do you remember that four-step process for decision-making? It was so good. It was where we kept our priorities straight and we didn't get sidetracked by the world and doing all these other things that people tell us to do or that we think are right because we have such focus and clarity and we know how to prioritize. We know where our truth is, okay? And then the next thing was where we looked at and used God to help us transform our weaknesses. And so we do. We did this into making him be our stepping stone. And I remember us talking about this, you know, in Mistakes Matter, where we learned from the past. We didn't get stuck and live in the past. We learned from the past. We, we all need mentors. I know that on um, Rick's website, there's 
There's a lot of talk about mentors. It's important. Wise counsel. We need wise counsel. And remember the whole um, coaching to and philosophy on um, ask, seek, knock. Remember the word ask. And so it's so interesting that the word ask, A-S-K, ask, A-S-seek, K, knock. So we don't just go to God in prayer. We actually have to finish it. What a lot of people do is they forget the knock. Okay, so physically you can pray, you can ask, but you have to actually physically hit the door with your hand. You have to step out. You have to do something yourself. Okay, and then the third, the fourth one there is assessing. You have to really assess your health because you might have one section of your life in order, but the rest may be falling apart. Many business owners have this. Many people starting their own businesses, many of us in life, we do real great in one area and the rest falls apart. So life balance. Then um, I want you to think about the four-step approach. That's what I talked about a few minutes ago. Really, in your whole life, have a system for point north. And so this is one. What is the problem? Whatever's going on in your life and be anticipatory. Think ahead. What could be the problem? But what is the problem? The problem, the word, the gift, the choice. Make this your system. Make everyone know it so we don't get off and let your family know it, your people at work know it, and so that you have a proactive way of getting things accomplished. And then number six is rightly placed glory. You know, I always talk about this, and we've been doing this for 23 weeks now, where we can do this world alone and we can be wonderful people. We can honestly be great people working because we love and we want to do good work and all that's great, but we don't tap into God for it. And that's, that's fine. That's your choice, your free will. But if you can tap into God and be this hardworking, loving person, you get all the blessings of not only cause and effect of this world, you get blessings from God on top of it. Don't you want that? And then when it's time to be rewarded and you have these blessings in front of you, you then understand that they're not yours alone, that they also came from God. And it feels weird to thank God for your blessings when you know what? You did it all. You did it all yourself. So it doesn't make sense to thank God for your blessings. But when you called him to be part of it with you, when you sought him in prayer, when you, when you looked for his teaching to carry it out, then it makes sense to give him the praise and the glory. And this is how we're fishers of men. Because people see you lean on God. They see you give him the glory. They see your greatness and excellence and they see the works of your effects with him too and they want it. And they start to want to learn from you and to be an example. And last is this abundance I'm talking about. We can't forget, we will be blessed. And it starts to happen and I want you to give it back. It's the story of the talents. It's simple as you get blessed, you get more. So use it well, give it back, thank him. He gives you more and keep on growing. All right, we are down to the last few seconds of this section. I can't believe how fast it went, but we are coming on again with Rick Copeland. I'm so excited to have him here as a guest. So please stay tuned after the break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. 
We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel, and I am so happy that you are back with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. I have Rick Copeland here. I am super happy about having him as a guest. I have made uh, it a passion because I had so many emails that talked about people saying, I don't know if I just can go, you know, quit my job and work for the church like you did, or um, I'm not working for a church, it's independently, but God is my boss, um, or go to another country, you know, I, I'm just in my daily work, and I want people to know there is no such thing as just in your daily work, it's awesome work, and so last week I brought in Joel Kessel, who did a great job at messaging, and and kind of copying the way that Jesus got the message out as a great way for his people. And he does the exact same approaches because it works. But then now I've got Rick on and he has a wonderful business of helping CEOs really get um, great success and excellence out of their work using many of the same techniques too, but he's in the secular world. So Rick, tell us a little bit about what you do and how the show, you know, what your impression is so far of the show. Good morning, Nikki. It is an honor to be here with you and your guests, and we're going to have a lot of fun this morning. So in short, what I do is I work with CEOs to help them be the CEO their company deserves. And typically CEOs will come to me, uh, they're overwhelmed, they are overworked, and they're seeking help. And we begin to work through a process and a framework to help them put their job in perspective, not only for the company, but also for their lives. And, and the outcomes of this are usually improved performance for the company and dramatically improved personal lives. We don't set out to improve their personal lives, but because we make changes within the company and their work there, it changes their entire life. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. Now, you and I were talking early and I got such uh, an interest in the work you do because I kind of asked you to explain the process that you use and you specifically kind of go through this four-step process. And then we, again, just like kind of like with Joel, we're realizing there's so much of it that was similar. So share with me the way that you go about working with the CEOs. So it is actually very similar to what uh, you do, Nikki. Uh, I just happen to do it with a specific group of people. 
generally what happens when I begin to work with a CEO, we take a step back and we talk about what is the mission of the company? What are your goals? And how does the company serve your customers? Then we take the next step of looking at what is your specific role within that? And how are you making that possible? Because at the end of the day, the CEO's role is really to make everybody else's job possible. It's not to be the CEO or take any glory out of that. It is to serve everyone else in the company and thereby serve their customers. We get yeah. to that point. We, we develop a baseline of what the company should be or is and what the CEO should be doing. And then we look specifically at what the CEO does day to day and sometimes hourly to hourly. And we begin to shave off those things that are not really that important to the company and to the customers and work the CEO down to just three, four, five, maybe six things that they have to focus on and they don't do anything else. And that frees up a significant amount of time for them to look forward and outward around the company and uh, will drastically change the performance of the company and has an impact on their senior leadership team and others within the company as well. It's great fun. Yeah, I can see. Well, I know that you enjoy it because every time I talk to you, you know, you can see your passion come through. So, um, but I, but I just see this too. And and even my twenty some years of nursing leadership, and my husband worked for a company that had us moving around a lot. So I had the fortunate experience of trying to work under different CEOs, and I was always very closely related. I was the director of nursing, so. Um, you know, you could see how they would go about their work and which ones were successful and not. And, and it was clear to see why. And much of what you're saying is so, I see that. It's so true. Micromanaging almost where they're like just busy doing everything else and they're not just clear on letting their team be strong. And yeah, that's so good. All right. Um, so when we talk about this direction um, that they basically need, you know, I, I know that even with my coaching, not everyone reaches out. And so how do you reach these people? And how do they know? Is it all word of mouth? And tell me a little bit about this, because I think the same thing with us, you know, we're trying to connect and we're trying to help share this good news. And so tell me what you do and how this that's a, that's a great question, Nikki. So I don't think we need to classify a CEO as a separate type of individual. I think that we're all the same from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. And we all face challenges and uh, problems that we think are unique to us, where in fact, it is common to man. And the challenge that we face as individuals is asking for help, is taking that step. So very often how people come to me is through word of mouth. Uh, I'll ask the CEOs that I'm working with to, if you know anyone else that you think might be having these same kinds of challenges, let them know that you're in that boat and you've made some changes and it's changing your work and your world. So that's the most common way that people come to me. And they also find me through some articles that I've written and just my website, but mostly it's the word of mouth. And for some reason, that word of mouth opens up the door for somebody to ask for help. So it's not too far off from us excuse me, witnessing about Christ, where we simply talk about the love in our lives and other things that are happening because of him. That opens the door for questions to be asked. The more questions that get asked, the better. 
Yeah, yeah. So I was about ready to interrupt you. I don't know if you saw my like hand go up here because I was about ready to say, yeah, that's exactly what I was just saying. And want want people to know is we have to share our successes and why they came. Now we sound out like, like we're talking about us and no one everyone's gonna tune us out if we're just sharing our successes and how awesome we are. But if we are vulnerable and transparent enough to share how we got there. Yeah, you know, we all have to do the labor. We all have to knock. We all have to run while we pray. We all have to work. Um, but but there's reasons why we do do what we do. We've been inspired. We've been taught, whatever the case is. And yeah, I love that that those people are your testament for you. They're, they're called testimonies for a reason. Right. And that's what they do for you. And so all of us, you know, I, it's a challenge for all of us to really be mindful about being transparent where we've been and letting people know how we got, how we got to the next place, whatever it is. Okay. So let's go to another question. I always like to ask people then to kind of think about if you, well, you have hundreds of people that are probably by the end of the day, it's usually about two to 400 people have listened. And after about a week, it's in the thousands and then it replays and it gets multiplies. Okay. And we have people from different countries and people from the United States. So I like for people to kind of get an idea of you have these people in front of you. What would you want to say? If there's something really key, a message you want them to leave on, what would it be? I think the message is that we are not alone. We're facing the same challenges and the same pressures. They come in different forms, but at the end of the day, it's the same. We have pressure to perform not only in our businesses, but also in our our personal lives. Uh, we have problems with our kids and, and challenges with friendships and time commitments and everything else. None of us are alone. We have very similar problems. And what you just said about just being transparent is so important. It's just being able to acknowledge, you know what? I'm not that unique. And because of that, I can get help pretty easily if I want that help. But the key is you have to ask. Without asking, you're not going to get help or change. Yeah, and you can't be witness then to other people. So that's really awesome, Rick. Um, We have time, and I love to take this time for you guys to share some of your wins. And it also helps people, I think, really apply. It's like they get how, they see how things like this work in their own lives, maybe. So I'm sure you've had maybe a success story where you can just reflect on something for us about gaining that clarity, maybe not um, going about screwing around, doing all kinds of things, but getting that focus. That's something both of us have been talking a lot about. Sure. I've, I've actually got several stories, but one I uh, like telling recently is an individual I worked with uh, between January and April of this year. And this is one uh, person that came to me and just said, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Uh, his company last year had doubled in size in terms of employees and revenues. And he was running seven days a week. This is a company he started uh, almost well, almost eight years ago. So we began to work together and look at what the company is for and how it serves its customers and what he wants the company to be in the future. Uh, we then looked at what he is doing every day and began to boil what he was doing down to just four things that he was going to be responsible for. And everything else was gonna either not get done or somebody else would pick up that slack. 
So one of the things that we had him uh, focus on is culture. He sets the culture for the company. He sets the culture in the way he acts. So being busy seven days a week is setting the wrong culture. We set uh, culture in terms of what he says and boiled down to uh, the meetings that he led and everything else simply that this is what we are accomplishing as a company. This is what our job is. And this is the basis from which we'll work. We had a really short script and he said that 200 times probably within the first couple of months. And at one point he asked me, when can I stop saying this? And I said, you just need to say it more. <laughs> and that, I think that really helped to begin to, to switch his internal culture and the culture of the company changed. So we finished up our engagement uh, in April. Uh, things went well. I knew that he had some more work to do. And he called me right before Memorial Day and said, guess what? I said, guess what? What? And he said, I took last weekend off. And I said, okay, that's great. And he said, no, you don't understand. That's the first weekend that I've taken off in seven years. Oh. He said, Friday afternoon, I turned my phone off, shut my laptop and left it at work. And I went home, spent the weekend with my wife and kids. And he has young kids. Came back on Monday to some messages and other things, but he really didn't miss out. So Labor Day weekend was coming up. He got his senior leadership team together and he said, this is what I did last weekend. And he prepared them in advance got that team together and said, we're all going to do this. Friday afternoon through this time, Tuesday morning, none of us is going to be on email. We're not sending voicemails. We're not doing anything related to the company. So I said, great, that's fantastic. I really hope that that works well. I'm, I'm very happy for you. So he called me a couple of weeks after Labor Day and then recounted that the week after Labor Day where everybody came back having not worked that weekend, that it was the most productive and most enjoyable week that he had had in his company since starting it. And so the changes that we made in, in him and the work and I'm sorry, and the company through him began to really take hold. And that was not what we set out to do. We didn't set out to give him a free weekend, but that was the net result of taking all of the stuff off his plate and focusing in on what's so important for the company to, to survive and thrive. And uh, I, I talked to him just a couple of weeks ago and they have had this no weekend policy all summer. And I suspect he's going to continue to do that. Uh, it's made a change not only in him and his company and his senior leadership team, but also it's reconnected him with his family and kids. That to me is the most rewarding part and the most rewarding result of what we've been able to do together. So I am excited for him in yeah. the coming year. His company is going to double in size again. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited too. And I love that story. I mean, balance is so important. And, and it seems like he's been, you know, he just didn't keep it for himself. He made it sort of be uh, something that he wanted everyone to be taken advantage of. And that's so good. Um, all right. So you said something that I want to talk about a minute. So you haven't been prepared for this. But earlier, I was sort of talking about how your mind, heart and soul. And I just know that because of these bodies that we're in, um, so the power of the mind is so important. And you, you explained how he just needed to say this and think it over and over and over again until it kind of took root. And then you kind of talked about, you know, this later than it turned into this. And you can see that this is how, how things work. You know, it's the seed that's planted and finally gets in there. And then it starts to have these fruit that bears from it and stuff. But, but what I want people to focus on is just thinking when, um, you know, 
Rick and I both have processes for clarity and not getting confused by all kinds of other things, getting to the root, um, making it simple, easy things that you're focusing on, but you almost don't believe it. And he made reference to this, like, how many times am I going to have to say this? It's like just words, but there's a shift that happens. It truly does that where if you are listening and you're sort of in a place, maybe at work or at home or just in your faith or maybe a foothold that you believed from the past, honestly, it's written um, to think on it, think on it, think on, on the blessing, not on the, think on what the, op, the positive side of it is and just go, put it over and over and over in your thoughts. Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true and noble and right and praiseworthy and excellent, think about these things. God knew this. He knew this. So this was written thousands and thousands of years ago before we had imagery and scans that would prove that we could change the way our mind thinks and help it transform our lives. That's exactly what Rick was talking about. When people really get their minds focused in on what's really gonna work, then you know it starts to transform. It takes a while, but same with the written word. You know, Get it into your um, thoughts. It slowly takes root and seed, and it, and it will be bless- a blessing to you. And I think that whatever work Rick did, I believe it. I know what kind of man he is. I believe it was good work and it planted a seed in the sky and then he went on to share it. He, he got a reward and a blessing from it and he then shared it with his people and man, that's good stuff. All right. So Rick, do you have anything else that you want to say? Um, we have two minutes and then I also want to leave you just a little time to share your website and how people can get a hold of you. I think that they can um, connect with you just to, to, to hear more about what you do if they're, oh, I don't know if you can help me or not, or, you know, just your input. So yeah, share that. So I think what I would like to leave uh, your audience with, Nikki, is the, the very first step is the hardest, is simply acknowledging and then seeking some help and additional input. Sometimes we do that on our own. Uh, sometimes we can begin to change our mindset just by surrounding us with new people or or reading things that uh, are uplifting uh, rather than focusing on today's news. But I think the first thing that people need to do is to start, is to take that first step because it's the hardest and to ask for help when we need help. Do you need help in your business? Ask. Do you need help in your spiritual life? Ask. Surround yourself with people that can make a difference in your life. And that's the, the, most important thing I think I can tell somebody, nobody changes unless they've take that first step. Yeah. And that is true whether we're, we're in there, our spiritual life, our home life, our corporate life, wherever. We're pretty simple beings that, that God has made. And we're all the same in that respect. We simply need to take those first steps and then begin to walk in faith that those first steps are going to produce fruit down the road. And yeah. they do. Yeah. Okay. So how do we reach you? Um, all those CEOs out there that are listening and there are some, our questions when we come back, one of them is from one, but I'm um, sure how we can reach you. I'm pretty easy to find if you know how to spell my name. So it's, you can reach me on the web at R-I-C-K-C-O-P-L-I-N. Looks like Rick Copeland, but it's pronounced Rick Copeland. It's rickcopeland.com. And uh, that's the best place to find me. You can find me on all social media channels and articles that I've written and other things there. So it's just rickcopeland.com. 
All right. Thank you so much. And everyone listening, we are just wrapping up our section with Rick. He is coming back to help with question answers when we come back, which means you come back. So we're heading to a little break and I want to see you in just a few minutes on the question answer portion of Living Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Yes. Hello, everyone. This is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and you're listening to Living Within the Sweet Spot. So Rick Copeland is back with us. I am so happy because the two questions that we're going to get to are emails, and they are definitely related to the kind of work that he does. So let's go ahead and get on these. Uh, We have hundreds of emails now. I really try hard to pick out the ones that apply. And so I think these are pretty good. So um, I think it's Cyril. Uh, is her name. But um, anyway, it says, I am waiting for the fall. Um, That is a negative statement, I know. But we are a young company, a nonprofit, growing fast and serving well. I take this passion very seriously, and I have a nag that it won't last. Too good to be true? I don't know. Can you give me some advice to keep this going? So my heart goes out to her, and actually, I feel like I'm in the same place, and I don't want you to doubt, and I don't want you to um, let that, I just feel like it's almost the enemy trying to get it against you, but there's such wisdom. So, so this is a life lesson from a coach, right? So you can either take um, what are not, Philippians 4 eight. What are not, um, whatever's um, happy, joyful, peaceful, are um, all these good thoughts, you can either you know, only look at those or so this is a nagging thought. So are you going to let it be your foothold? Or are you going to kind of let it be your awareness? Let it you use it. Don't let it use you. So I say if you have this nagging thought, be anticipatory. 
And that's what you're doing. You're sort of trying to be prepared, trying to be proactive. It may happen. That's okay. That's a little bit of an edge. If you live in it and start to make you perform less than, then it's working on you and we don't want that. So good job that you're reaching out. It's kind of like Rick just said, reach out when you're nervous about something in your work. So so there's four things I'm going to say, and then I want to kind of hear Rick's, Rick's input too, because these are just from the book and what we've been doing. So the first thing is keep your priorities straight. So do that four-step process for making wise decisions. And in, in that, you can go print it off, and it's going to be in the third section of our book, and it's going to be in the um, very first chapter, but it's, you know, prioritize, consider what the purpose is of your decisions first, and then kind of consider, okay, how is this decision going to affect us as we move forward? And then it's going to be, okay, and then the result, so doing the work of it, how will it affect us? Is it going to make our company strong and our family fall apart because our priorities off? Okay, that sort of thing. The next thing is the result. So after you've done whatever you're thinking about doing, will the result be in line? With your mission, will the results be in line with what God asks of you? And then last, you know, think about these blessings and stuff. So so that's the four-step process. And then also, I want you to be what I just said, anticipatory. And you are this way. But really be thinking and teaching your teens to be thinking this way. And so, you know, your plan is already laid out. So when you're worried and wondering and questioning what's ahead of you, it's been growing fast. It's already laid out, but you need to tap into God so you can hear him. Constantly be looking at what is the problem that we maybe have at hand or what could the problem be tomorrow? And then be thinking, okay, what does the word tell me to do? What is God asking me to do? And get some wise counsel from people who in your work life maybe are, are very wise that way, but also biblically wise because we're God partner. And then you're going to be looking at what your blessings are. Again, same process and keep, teach your team that. And then I want you to be thinking about multiplying. So when you're expecting to grow your company, um, I am. I'm expecting to grow. I had a hard time, Cyril. I had a hard time making goals or dreams, dreaming, making big, big, big goals. It felt selfish and it felt like I was wanting material possessions and I don't. Well, wait, I do, but I don't want them for, it's just, it was weird for me. And so be careful. Think about growing and the responsibility that God's given you. And as he gives you more, what you can do with the more. Start dreaming about what you can do with your more. And treating your family like Rick when he went up, goes away for the week with his family, that's not, that's not being selfish. You're leaving a legacy. So think about growing and dream about growing. That'll keep you growing to have big dreams and how you're going to use them. It's not just for yourself. It's for everyone and growth and everything. Teach your employees to do that. And then last, rightly placed. That means give God the glory. Don't just go at all of your business all on your own will. If you do, you'll get blessings from that. And a lot of the world lives that way and they do just fine. And I'm not shaming anyone, but I want more for you. I want more for the people who work for you. So put God in all of his power with your goals. Call on him, ask, seek, knock. And then when you get your blessings, give great glory to him because you know he was with you in it. It will multiply and it will continue to grow. 
You, you and I can do it together. All right, Rick. So in your line, more, probably less faith-based, but just more, you know, what can you give her, this business? Nikki, Cyril has a, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's always in the back of a leader's mind, the things that can go wrong. And the number of things that can go wrong is seemingly endless. So we, if we allow our minds to focus on those things, then we begin to lose sight of the promise that we have within ourselves and we lose sight of the promise of what we're trying to accomplish. The biggest gift that Cyril can give through her nonprofit is to be successful in that nonprofit. Uh, I've worked with several nonprofits and very often the focus on the struggle, they don't have enough money, they don't have enough resources, there's all these challenges, that becomes the guiding force of the company. You have to instead take the guiding force of the company to be the purpose behind the, what you're doing as a nonprofit and go for that and be successful in all you do. And then the second thing I would say is, Cyril, it's so important to surround yourself with other nonprofit leaders who have been there and done that before. Uh, they will have wisdom and insight and they'll have learned from their mistakes that will help you to avoid some mistakes and also help you to go through in a positive way the mistakes that you're going to make. And then finally, the third thing I would say is don't shy away from the challenges and the problems because those challenges and the problems are the things that actually refine us and prepare us for the future. There isn't a time in my life when I can't think that I haven't gone through a, a challenge and a promise that I didn't think I could overcome, but I was able to use that experience and the learning in the future in very positive ways. So embrace the struggle as a learning opportunity and uh, you will be successful. It's not easy. No day is easy, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That is great advice, Rick. Thank you. Um, all right. So now let's see if we have time to get through Jacob's because I think his is really great too. And, and his, his actually came in a while ago. So I'm curious how, how far along he is in this process, but let's go ahead and hear this. So Jacob says, I adopted my father-in-law's business. It's a good business, but sorry, it is reactive and marginally profitable. My wife's family isn't against God, but they haven't necessarily been, it hasn't been in the forefront of their decisions or the way they live or work. They do good. They are good and do good work. They focus more on being good people. I see so many ways that we could be so much wiser in our decisions and serving with so much more clarity. We waste a lot of time doing good things, but they're not really where we should be investing our time. Do you have some information about making these changes and getting them to trickle down? I now I know if I lead with God, many oh, if I leave with God, many will eventually follow, but I can't just start off that way. So I really liked his wisdom and, and that's what I'm gonna say. I have four things here, and I was just gonna say first that's wise that you probably didn't do that. And I even think that when I'm coaching people, I often have people, this sounds so strange, but I've heard it so many times now that call me and say, oh, my marriage is completely fallen apart. My wife or husband signed divorce papers. I've tried everything but God. Will you help me? I've tried everything but God. Will you help me? And they come to me thinking, Finally, that's what we do in life, right? But I don't lead with them. When I'm teaching and coaching them, I don't start off strong with God. 
I walk them into it. And so this gentleman who wants to do these choices, you know, yes, I think that's wise and be, and just focus on what God did. So he sent Jesus here, right? And how did he reach us? By loving and serving. So I say, don't lead with God, but just be loving and serving really clear, clearly, and you'll get a long way. So the second thing is vision. You talked about the trickle down. Vision is going to be huge and making sure everyone's on the same page. And so how did Jesus create a vision? He used stories a lot. And I think that if you start to give examples so they get where you're at and and really paint this picture so everyone's on board, get to every nook and cranny. I don't know what kind of work you do. I, I was in the hospital. So, I mean, get to the laundry people. And, you know, and tell them stories that apply that have the same message, your God message that you want to get out, but, but, you know, make it real and, and related to what they do so that they don't have to feel all in on this. And then the last one is, and oh, sorry, the third one is use examples. So that's what I'm saying. Go to the departments, make sure everyone hears the same message, but in ways that apply to them by examples. And then last, just do secular talk. We talked about this before, and I want all of you to know this. It's okay. I mean, gently you can start to let them know who you are, and you can use words that maybe you're more comfortable with, but have grace for them. And say things like, I care about you. And say things like um, the golden rule. You don't have to word it in the Ten Commandments. You can just say, let's, do it. let's be good to each other. You know, so be careful. So, Rick, those, those are the four things I'm thinking of. What, it, what are you thinking about with this guy? I think those four things are spot on, Nikki. Here's what I would tell Jacob. Uh, Jacob, you need to model the behavior that you want everyone else in the company to exhibit. And you have to model that behavior for a long time before it begins to take root. And as you model that behavior, you will begin to see small changes and you will begin to see things that are uh, not that behavior. Don't attack it. Just continue to model. Then the other thing I would say, Jacob, is you need to start talking a very simple message about what you want the company to be. I call this speaking forward. What is the company? What is it going to be? Say that message until you're blue in the face and you'll know that it's starting to sink in when people start to imitate you and make fun of you about it. They're starting to get it. That's a good sign. And then and finally, Nikki, I would say if, if Jacob would uh, simply be the person that he is and be real, and you, know, you talked about talking secular and, and all of that, that's perfectly fine meet the people where they are and begin to serve them. I tell every CEO I work with, you know, typically the, the structure of a company is you're at the top, turn that upside down. You're actually at the bottom of the pyramid. You're looking into the company and you're serving it. And rather being at the pinnacle top, you're at the bottom and you're actually at the fulcrum of the company. Whichever way you sway is the way the company goes. And that will be true every day that you're there. Yeah, yeah, Rick, I, I'm sure he knows it because he's a man of God himself. Um, but still, everything he says is so biblical. I mean, put yourself as the least, you know. And so, again, he just used words that are very secular, don't offend anyone. And they don't even realize, um, you know, it's the message that we're wanting to carry out. And that's awesome, awesome. Okay, so we only have one minute left, but you said something again that I just really wanna point out that I thought was so good. And um, and you talked about them copying and that it can be small. And so one thing that I would say is when they're copying you and you start to see people um, take on some of these thoughts and beliefs, praise them like crazy. 
acknowledge them and kind of point it out because that just helps others jump along quicker and faster. So Rick, we are down to 30 seconds. I wish this wasn't over because I feel like I'm learning from you myself, but I'm going to make sure that people listening, if you are CEOs or if you know of a family member who is a CEO and you just think that they can connect with Rick, I really encourage you to do that. I think it's just fine. His website's here. Reach out to him. Rick, say your name and spell it again, and we're going to head out. All right. You can find me at rickcopeland.com. It's R-I-C-K-C-O-P-L-I-N.com. Nikki, thank you for having me. Thanks to Voice America. You betcha. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. And we will see you next week on Living Within the Sweet Spot. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.